Hi everyone, I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Connor McCartan, Account Manager in Monoclonal Antibody Development at Proteogenics. Dr. McCartan recently joined us for a webinar where he discusses how phage display can be used for human antibody development. Let's jump right in. All right, Connor, we'll jump in with a, a great question here. So what are the benefits of using phage display to generate monoclonal antibodies compared to some other techniques? Uh, so indeed, in addition to the advantages that I talked about in the presentation about going directly to human, to fully human antibodies and thus not having to humanize uh, a mouse antibody, there are, of course, other advantages such, uh, such as the ethical advantage of not having to use animals uh, at the speed as a phage display panning can be done rather quickly in three to four weeks. Uh, and of course, there is no limit, uh, essentially no limit to the targets that we can use. So we can also pan against a highly toxic candidate that would be impossible to inject into a into an animal or unethical to in inject into an animal. Fantastic. Um, a few questions here about the libraries. So uh, are the cancer libraries available for purchase? And um, we can combine that with another question here. What are the different libraries available for purchase through Proteogenics? Okay, uh, indeed, we do offer our uh, proprietary constructed fast display libraries for sale. Uh, however, they have a, a very large and almost incalculable valuable, uh, value. Uh, so they are rather expensive and they do come with uh, certain restrictions on the intellectual property rights of any sequences to be used for commercial purposes, etc. But uh, indeed, theoretically, they are they are up for up for purchase. Excellent. And then also um, another question here: uh, What are the the different libraries available for purchase at, at Proteogenics? Ah, indeed. Sorry, yeah, you you did say that. Uh, so we have the ones that I mentioned in the presentation. We have our cancer and autoimmune libraries, uh, our naive human library. We have uh, the VHH library, which I also mentioned. And we also have a rabbit-based uh, rabbit fast display library. And we can then, of course, construct any libraries from mouse or, or rat or any other species that we have access to or from material that a client, uh, a client gives to us. Excellent. All right. Thanks a lot. Um, another good one here. So do we have to send you the antigen for panning in the project? You can, yes. Uh, we do a lot of both. We have a lot of clients that have a very specific antigen that they possess already. Uh, but we also have a very well-developed recombinant protein production uh, capacity. So we do a lot of the recombinant of the antigen production for our projects uh, themselves. Fantastic. Um, and how do you properly coat peptides or small molecules for panning? Uh, so for the coating indeed of small molecules, it, they, coating them themselves is not very efficient due to the, the lack of uh, adsorptive uh, interactions. So for this type of project, we always uh, conjugate these to uh, some protein carriers, which will allow them to be effectively coated. 
Uh, and in those cases, to avoid enrichment of binders against those um, those carrier proteins, we will do several different ones, which we will then uh, change over the rounds to avoid enriching against them. Fantastic. Um, a few questions about antigen here. So how much antigen would I need to provide? About one milligram is more than sufficient for a, for a FASH display campaign. Excellent. And uh, what types of antigens uh, can be provided as well? Uh, it's almost anything, I would say. Anything that can be any any peptide sequence, any full-length protein. Uh, and for small molecule antigens, I would say the only the limitation is chemical uh, with regard to whether we can uh, conjugate it to a carrier or not. But if you have a good team of chemists behind you, they can they can probably do some magic on that and get it conjugated. Perfect. Um, really good question here. Is it possible to uh, select antibodies against one specific pro protein but not another protein? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so for that, we use a similar strategy to what was uh, to what I explained in the presentation with the ligand receptor complex. So there we deplete against that complex. But say if you have a project where you have two very similar proteins and you want your antibody to bind one and not the other, uh, then we can take that negative protein and do depletions of the library so that we're only enriching for antibodies that are positive against the unique part of your protein that will render the antibodies you get out target specific. Right, makes sense. Um, do do you provide guarantees on your phage display projects? Uh, yes. So for most of uh, so for most of our projects, of course, it is target dependent. We do have a financial guarantee that we will get at least uh, one binder out. Yep. Where you, and if we don't, then you only, of course, pay a uh, a portion of the cost of the project to cover our costs. Excellent. Yeah, great to hear. Um, What's the what's the speed or how fast can you perform a phage display project? It's about three to four weeks. Uh, of course, it varies, especially if there's a lot of different screens that need to be done or or complicated cross bindings. But three to four weeks, we can generally get a sequence. Yeah. Excellent. Um, another good question here. So, in your opinion, uh, what bacterial strain is best suited for antibody uh, for this antibody phage display? display? Uh, so for these, we use TG1 bacteria. Uh, I believe the reason that they are commonly used in fast display is because of the longer pili, which allows them to be uh, better infected by the fascists. Excellent. Um, question here about storage. So how long can the phages be kept uh, in negative 80 and how many times can they be thawed and frozen before they lose their infectivity? Uh, at minus 80, they can be stayed. If, if we store them at minus 80, we have to store them as a glycerol stock. Uh, and this can go from six months to up to a year. Uh, the freeze thaws are very, very severe on, on phages. Uh, I think we can lose 10 to the 10. To, we can lose a, a, a power diversity uh, with one freeze thaw. So this is absolutely something to be avoided. Uh, and it is probably better to stock uh, phages infected in bacteria and, and uh, freeze that. Right, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, 
All right. How do you do you transfer the IP of the identified sequence binders? Yes. Uh, all the IP from the sequences that we identify in our pannings is uh, is one hundred percent the property of our of our clients. Excellent. Um, and how how many phage display pannings can be performed in parallel? We have the capacity for several dozen. Uh, I would say, hard to put an exact number, but uh, definitely several dozen at once. Uh, we can do. Yeah. Awesome. Great to hear. Um, all right, so uh, this person writes, I'm, I'm assuming that many customers may not want to share their IP with the CRO. Uh, so how would you go about this? Uh, we are very used to signing non-disclosure agreements if it is absolutely necessary for us to know the identity of the, uh, of the targets. Uh, however, it is theoretically possible for us to do a panning blind if it is absolutely necessary for the for the client this uh, this is opposed to uh, say hybridoma where we're injecting an animal and it is 100% necessary for us to know whether what we are injecting is toxic or not for for animal welfare reasons um, but we're well used to handling uh, projects with a high degree of confidentiality and we've we've never had a problem right yeah it makes sense um, so how long does it take to produce the monoclonal antibodies? So if we're talking about uh, from the end of uh, the project where we get our sequence and the recombinant production, that takes about four to six weeks in our, uh, in our extensional expression system, which will get a relatively high yield of, uh, in, a, in a small format. Excellent. Um, so we talked a bit about other, you know, the libraries that you already um, have available, but do you also offer custom library construction? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so I think the species that we have available for custom library construction are mouse, rat, uh, camelid, and rabbits. So we can do that either as naive, where we can just take one of the animals and use PBMCs to, to construct the library, or uh, what is more common, I would say, is to construct an immune library against a against an antigen that a client gives to us, then we'll immunize and you'll get a nice pre-enriched flash display library against, uh, against your targets. Excellent. Um, all right, so maybe a, a future facing question, Connor, uh, are there any specific developments or um, sort of research avenues that you're particularly interested and excited about moving forward? Uh, absolutely, yes. We are definitely looking into the, as it's a bit uh, chic at the moment, artificial intelligence in order to be able to better uh, identify what are the best sequences and in the end to maybe even avoid using a phage display itself. We're just having our own algorithm that can generate a, an antibody sequence that we will then be able to express and test with a high degree of certainty of, of binding. That is uh, maybe, uh, maybe not uh, ready for the end of the year, but uh, we're definitely working on it and we're quite hopeful about uh, what we will get out. hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.